right, we usually have the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino to kick off our final hour uh, here on The Ref. We're on location at Cavens Construction Group, mold testing, mold remover, or removal, emergency water extraction, and structural drying. Cavens has you covered. Four, well, 405-573-3048 also in Tulsa. But I, I wanted to spend some time on a day where we've talked about uh, the tough loss for OU men's hoops in Bedlam, uh, the big win for OU women's basketball in Fort Worth, and, of course, Spencer Sanders choosing Ole Miss. I, I wanted to spend some time to talk about what I think is one of the best-kept secrets on campus right now, and it's the OU wrestling team. And We're joined by their head coach, Lou Roselli. They're home tomorrow night for a big meet against West Virginia. Uh, coach Roselli, Lou, thank you so much for joining us on the program I, I, I say congratulations, right? It's at six and three right now, but I know every coach wants to be undefeated. How are you feeling about where this team is right now, heading into the the home stretch of the season? Well, you know, I I feel good about it. I think we can wrestle better. I mean, we've lost three times, and there were five five splits in each of them. You know, we just have to have everybody wrestling on the same page. You know, if everybody shows up and competes to their ability, uh, we could be nine and zero. Oh, you know, and there's and there's what it could have should as I get all the things that that go with that. I've been coaching a long time. But, you know, I, I think I feel good about where we're at. I, I feel like we're making progress. You know, we just got to get everybody wrestling uh, at a high level on the same night. Coach, I, uh, so, sometimes I think it's wild to think about uh, 2016. I mean, it, just how quickly time flies. You, you were hired the, uh, the fall when I moved down here to Norman. And in following not just what you've done with this program, but your growth as a coach, you'd spent a decade at the Ohio State staff, uh, with the Ohio State coaching staff. And, and now we're in our seventh season. I mean, it's just, isn't it amazing how quickly time flies? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say it like that, yes. You know, when I came here after the Olympics, you know, um, you know, I had a tall order. You know, I came from Ohio State, you know, and um, obviously at Ohio State, you know, we, we, we had, you know, we won nationals in 2015 and came after the Rio Olympics. And, in this, uh, you know, I've been here, this is the seventh season, but the sixth year, because I came right at the end, you know, right after the Olympic Games. I got here, I think, late August, early September, something something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, time's just flying by, you know, and we just kind of keep putting pieces to the puzzle uh, together so we can keep making progress. Yeah, you mentioned pieces to the puzzle. One of my favorite guys uh, to watch has been uh, Mitch Moore. Can you can you kind of take us through what he has become and, and how he's developed and what you need in a wrestler in the Crimson and Cream? For Mitch, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously Mitch is tough, and Mitch, you know, has uh, gotten better on top. You know, I mean, he's a pinner, so, you know, he's, he's great to have in our lineup because, you know, he can always, always get the fall, you know, um, so, but, but I think he's, he's fun to watch. You know, we just got to get him scoring some more points, you know. Um, and and if, I think if he competes at the level that he's capable of, I mean, two years ago, you know, he was in the round of 12. And then last year he was wrestling really well, suffered an injury, you know, and uh, was really wrestling really well at the Vegas. You know, matter of fact, Jaden Abbas had beaten him before. He's beaten him by 10 when he suffered his injury. So if we can get him back to wrestling like that, I think I think he'll be a problem. You know, but it's, it's always great when you have people that can score tons of points and can pin, especially in dual meets. You know, six points or somebody that doesn't show up in a dual meet um, can really sway the match. As, as you look across the board in wrestling, you see it all over the place. It's like one guy doesn't wrestle, they're in trouble. You know, and the 10 through 25 teams are probably about the same, you know, and, and just on any given day. So everybody's got to do their part. So, but, you, uh, but for Mitch, looking forward to, to oh, you know, tomorrow night for him. 
Yeah, I, we we saw the debut of Alejandro Herrera run, uh, Rendon on at least for this season. This was one of the top recruits in the country whenever he came in a couple of years ago. Coach, how how can he factor in the rest of the way? I mean, is he a guy that can be a difference maker, or does he still need a little bit more time? Well, I think he can always be you know a difference maker. I mean, he was ranked number one out of high school, like Tate Piccolo. Um, he's wrestling at 57. we got a bunch of 57s right now with Jacob Butler and Jared Hill and himself. Um, he can always be a factor. You know, as we continue to have depth in each, each of the weight classes where we have options, you know, and, um, you know, but, but I think for him, he's a really good wrestler. We just got to, you know, get him somewhere in there eventually. You know, maybe it won't be this year. We'll, we'll see how that goes. If that's up to him. You know, I, I know a lot of times the guys think it's we're, we're picking and choosing. It's just you got to wrestle at a high level, you know, and sometimes you win your wrestle off, and, but you got to beat the field. You have to beat the field. That's what it's about, beating your teammates. And so going out and competing, but I think he'll have a good career. I think he'll be really good as soon as we get him in there because I do believe, you know, he's really competitive and he knows how to win, you know, and that's, that's an important factor. It, you know, the old adage, winners win, it, it still applies, you know. Um, it's been winning your whole life, so you just got to figure a few, few things out and, and get yourself in there so you can show, showcase yourself. You know, it's something that I've been learning a lot about, and that is the need for depth. And then also in that good depth, like competitive depth. It gives yes. good practices. It challenges guys. Uh, as Lou Roselli joins us, OU Wrestling home tomorrow night. How do you feel about your depth right now that you have? I know some obvious weight class is better than others, but is it where you would like it to be as a coach? Yeah, I think we've done a really good job getting getting some people in here. You know, compared to where we started, where we didn't have any depth, and that, that's just who we have. There's no options. You know, if he's not wrestling well or he gets hurt, we just didn't have any other options. The person behind that person, usually in any of the weight classes that six years ago, was, was, you know, just was not capable. You know, great kid, not capable. Now I feel like we, we, we've gotten some people that's like, well, if he don't, they're very close. You know, if he doesn't wrestle, Butler doesn't wrestle, Jared Hill can wrestle. Jared Hill doesn't wrestle, Herrera can wrestle. If, you know, um, 74, you get a, you know, if Roberts is in there, I got to take a low. You know, so I, we just have people that, you know, they're starting to have more and more depth. And as we build and fill each of the buckets of, that you got to fill between the recruiting and our Olympic program and our academic standards and our culture and the things you have to fill, depth is one of them. you got to keep making sure. Some, some, you know, you may have three 65-pounders, and then at the end you have, you have one, maybe one, and he's busted up. So that's how brutal the season is. So that's what people, you know, that's why you see people holding people out and he's hurt and got, let's see if we can keep him to the end. You know, because for us, the Nationals – the Big 12 and Nationals is really the pinnacle of each year, mm-hmm. you know, and so getting them ready for that opportunity and, and trying to keep them together for that long is, is really a challenge. Well, you, you mentioned Jared Hill, um, and I want to talk about Oklahoma, uh, state of Oklahoma wrestlers with you in just a bit. But, you know, in, in Jared Hill and in Tate Piccolo, two Oklahoma guys, uh, what we got Jared going 157 uh, a lot yes. this year. Where have you seen his growth, and, and where can he can continue to improve to help you out? Well, well, Jared, he's at 157, and he came from Broken Arrow. And, um, you know, he came, and, and he was a, a solid recruit coming out of high school. You know, but I think, I think it's a tribute to him because he's worked really hard. And um, he was like 22-3 and three in, in his uh, redshirt season. Um, you know, then we had wrestle-offs, and, you know, he got beat by Herrera. So it just tells you the, how close these guys are. And, and then, you know, he, we took him to, he went to Michigan State, and I think he was 3-0 journeyman. And so he's just continuing growing. And he's young, and so I'm excited about that weight class because I think we got a lot of options, and you know they'll they'll have to settle that, you know, and see who's who, you know. But it's about performance. So as, as we move forward, 
you know, Jared, you know, um, done a good job in developing. You know, I think he was second in the state a couple times for Broken Arrow, and and now you know he's at a level where it's like, no, no, he's he can he can wrestle at this level, and he's going to be he's going to be just fine. So That's awesome. I think with his growth, with his growth and his learning and his you know his work ethic, and, you know he'll he'll be something that he'll be a person that we that will contribute for us. You know, depending on what weight class, and then you know, as we move down the road, he might be a sixty-five down the road, might be a fifty-seven. We'll see. You know, but but I think he will contribute. Uh, two more, and I'll let you get out of here. Lou Roselli is our guest, OU in West Virginia. Tomorrow night inside McCaslin Fieldhouse, we'll uh, we'll get you ticket information. I want to see a great crowd out there because they've deserved it. It's you guys are rolling, and like you said, would love to be nine and zero, but sitting at six and three right now. I love just looking at the roster and seeing all the Oklahoma guys. Now, as you brought up, there's some guys that aren't necessarily contributing, but I think I count like what 16, 17 Oklahoma guys. Coach Roselli, since you came in. Uh, and obviously the seven seasons that you've been here, how have you seen that talent in Oklahoma? Has it continued to stay strong statewide whenever you're out recruiting as it's always been? Yeah, I, I think that the state's gotten stronger. You know, so from the day I got here till now, I think the state high school wrestling's gotten a lot stronger. You know, I think that, you know, uh, Oklahoma is certainly showing that they, you know, they're, they're a great state and the tradition is very strong here. And, you know, I think that, you know, as we start seeing more and more nationally ranked guys come out of the state of Oklahoma, you know, there are more and more people that you want on your roster, you know, um, that can wrestle, you know, on the big stage. You know, I mean, it's not for every person, but at the same time, it's like we're getting more and more of those quality wrestlers that are wrestling nationally. They go to the Super 32. They go to the Junior Nationals. They go, they go to uh, the Beast. They go to the Ironman. They go to all the top-notch tournaments. You know, and plus, you know, having RTCs and those things where they can come down and work out with college guys is, I think, helping them grow. And they're learning better skill sets, and they're, they're learning, you know, what it's going to look like in college. So, it, it, I, in my opinion, the state has grown a lot. And we have a, our depth and how you know, we've gotten much stronger in the last six, probably six and a half years that I've been here. And, Coach, I'll let you go on this. Uh, tomorrow night, West Virginia coming in. What do we know about the Mountaineers, top uh, top 25 team, and then also the necessity to have a great crowd in there because I know you feed off of it, and this team really feeds off the energy of a capacity crowd there in McCaslin. Well, the crowd always matters. And, and you know, when, when the crowd gets into the matches and they, they determine calls, they, they, they certainly help when matches are really close. And so, for me, yes, having a big crowd, you know, is, is it's just crucial. They keep getting people in the stands, making sure that they enjoy themselves. We want to have a great fan experience for them. You know, they can sell they sell beer in there now. So I think that it's you know you can come and, and you know enjoy some time, watch some great wrestling, watch people the two guys fight out there. You know, and and, and scrap and enjoy enjoy your time. You know, um, with the Mountaineers, you know that the, the head coach at West Virginia was one of my best friends, Tim Flynn. I, I worked with him when I was in Edinburgh for probably about nine full time seasons. Um, you know, and he's got a good lineup right now. You know, they're strong at 25. They're ranked six with Cardinal. They, they got a really young, talented kid at 41, you know, uh, that was ranked in the top five this tightest. Um, I think that, you know, at 65, they have an All-American, Peyton Hall. You know, uh, heavyweights, another marquee matchup, Wolfgram and Heinzelman. So I, I think you're going to see some wrestling, that, you know, see some people scrapping, you know. And, um, and then it'll be, to be honest, it'll be who gets the ball rolling, you know. I mean, <laughs> As there swells in dual meets, you know, as the match starts, you know, the swell of that dual meet, you know, can, will, will possibly determine it. You know, I'd like it to be just lopsided, but I also know that I've been in a lot of dual meets where, you know, you got to win the close ones. you got to win the close matches. 
You know, you got to have the fight to win, the, to ride them out when you got to ride them out. Those are all the things that, that matter when it comes to winning a, a, a really tough dual meet and, a, you know, against a tough opponent. Coach Roselli, we need to do this more often, man. I miss hearing your voice. Congratulations on what I and like we said, I know nine and zero, but sitting there at six and three, this team is trending in the right direction, and I hope we see a great crowd out there on Friday night. I know this team is definitely going to bring it. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, man. That's my guy, Lou Roselli. All right, look at us. Look at us, Josh. Speaking of my guys, when we come back, Joey Helmer joins us from OUinsider.com. That's OUinsider.com. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. Man, the show has flown. Thanks to Lou Roselli for joining us. We're joined right now by OUinsider.com's very own Joey Helmer, big brother, right here on The Ref. Joey, hey, man, good Thursday. How's it going? Hey, good Thursday. It's going good. And, uh, you know, I'm... If I could get rid of this sore throat that I feel like I've had for about a month now, uh, these allergies, uh, I'd be, be doing a little bit better. But uh, let me tell you, let me tell you, Trey, are you are you a Zert, are you a Zyrtec guy? Do you take anything? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm an Allegra D and Mucinex mixer. Okay, so okay. that's uh, kind of my very theory. good mix. Very good mix. All right, let me give you a suggestion that's helped me out quite a bit. And and if you are a doctor and you feel like this is overdoing it a little bit, I would say it's working for me, okay? This is a problem that future Chris has to worry about, okay? Because I have really bad allergies. Uh, every night before I go to bed, Wall's Ear, all right? It's the knockoff brand of allergy medication from Walmart, and it's like half the price, and it works. Then when I get up in the morning, after I get my routine done, I do the uh, – it's not Flonase, it's like Blonase. It's like the knockoff version of it. Joey, it's worked incredible. I, I know I'm, I'm jinxing myself right now, but knock on wood, uh, it, it's kept me from having those awful allergy days, which I think you can attest to it, and many of us allergy sufferers can as well, kind of commonplace over the next few months here in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I am willing to take any suggestions. <laughs> And if not, you know, you can just you can just start drinking and sneeze through the alcohol is one way to go about it, though I wouldn't suggest that for your health. Hey, um, our, our, where should our concern factor be right now with this OU basketball team, Joey? We haven't talked a lot about Bedlam today, but um, obviously a frustrating night last night. Where should the concern level be after two, uh, Wednesday night in Stillwater? Well, I go on a Tulsa station every Thursday morning, and they kind of asked me the same question this morning. And, you know, my response to it is this. Last night was one of very few games the rest of the season that was essentially a game that you felt like you should win without question. And, was a missed opportunity of a game coming out after that and losing that game um, was incredibly disheartening. I mean, you look at the the schedule moving forward, you got a ranked Baylor team coming in this weekend. You got uh, Alabama uh, in the near future. And and then you go on down the line and look at the opponents. Last night was really a must win. I mean, you feel like even that you were an underdog going into that game – you feel like you're the better team, I think, um, if you're Porter Moser and that um, Sooner group. So 
it, it was a missed opportunity. And now, um, it, as it is in the Big 12, there's no sitting and uh, sulking. You, you have to get back up off the mat. Um, you know, I know you just had Lou Roselli on. <laughs> Use a little bit of a, uh, a wrestling term there. You got to get up off the mat and respond. And there that's Oklahoma go. now this weekend. They have got to respond and win a, a game against Baylor this weekend, or, or else this thing could really unravel in a hurry. In a hurry with uh, how tough the schedule is. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's wild. I think I heard this stat right from from T Row this morning. So OU loses um, in a second half barrage from Oklahoma State, but the Sooners made six of their first eight shots in the second half, and it was just turning the basketball over. Which has got to be like, – we all know Porter Moser knows what it takes to win uh, at, at, in college basketball. The dude uh, took a Cinderella to the, to the Final Four for goodness sakes. My man knows what it takes to get it done. This has got to be enraging whenever – you know, there are just, I mean, fundamental breakdowns, at least from what, you know, Kevin Henry made it sound like on the radio last night, where guys are just they're, – they're getting free and they're turning the ball over to add to it. I mean, this is – because their games really look incredible, right? West Virginia, even though they have a spell where they, they, they struggle offensively, they seem to make up for it with their defense. And last night, Joey, it just wasn't there. Well, there's times where they're just incredibly efficient offensively. And the ranking in Kimpom shows that. But yet, I mean, you have to get shots up. I mean, every possession that, you don't get a shot up, it's a turnover. And so, I mean, uh, there was a shot clock violation as well that was came at a bad time last night that I remember. And Oklahoma was just atrocious defensively in the first four or five minutes of the second half. And I thought that they, you know, they let their poor offense bleed into their defense. And also, I felt like they – let some of their bad defensive possessions bleed into their offense on the other end. And that just can't happen. I mean, you have to find a way to, to stem the tide. If you're not scoring, you got to get stops. And there was a stretch there. Uh, I think it was like the nine-minute mark to uh, a little bit more than six minutes to go where Oklahoma strung together a series of stops, and then they weren't able to score either. So, I mean – the chance was there. The chances were there for Oklahoma, and they just really didn't capitalize in the spot where they needed to last night. So, shifting the focus over to Oklahoma football, the report that was out there from Pete Thamel uh, that Jeff Levy could be a candidate at Alabama if, again, the the job comes open as the offensive coordinator. What do you make of all of that with Jeff Levy, Alabama? What uh, what's your reaction to it? Well, well, we'll see. I haven't got the indication, though, that, uh, that that Jeff Levy is going to leave. I just feel like it would have to take something really enticing for him to leave the position that he's in right now. I mean, I feel like it would have to be a substantial raise. I think that's fair to say. So, uh, we'll see. I know that's that's been linked here for – what a week or two that that has kind of been out there and there's been some discussion on it. And, um, I know that's 
been something people have been talking about, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I'm not one that in this business says something is or isn't going to happen until it is or isn't or is or isn't going to happen. So uh, I don't know. I, I I would lean towards Levy staying put though if I were to to put my money one way or another. Me too. Um, and I know. I, I, again, there is no <laughs> there is no vacancy yet at Alabama, right? There is a perceived vacancy because the idea that uh, Bill O'Brien's going to get an NFL job. But I just I don't know. I mean, I, it, that is so interesting. We know they have an opening as defensive coordinator, right? With Pete Golding moving on, and there's reports of Jim Leonard being a candidate at Alabama, which would be something. But right now, they don't have a vacancy. And if there is if there is one thing that we know is you know, in, in seeing what they, they did for Jay Nunez. I mean, Brent Venables and, and this staff, Joe Castiglione, Joey, they're going to pay to make sure that they can keep their best coaches here. I don't think they're going to be outbid by Alabama uh, for the services of Jeff Levy if he wants, it, 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 as long as he wants to stay here. Yeah, and they've made that very clear, and that's, I guess that's why I use the term, it would have to be a substantial raise. Like, Oklahoma's not going to sit back idly and say, okay, well, whatever here. Uh, it, Alabama's going to have to go way, way over the top, in my opinion. So, yeah, that has been a priority since day one uh, for Brent Venables, that um, he's going to have the best staff. He's going to pay his staff and keep his staff, his guys that he wants. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. No, not at all. Uh, hey, final thought, Joey, and we'll let you get out of here. Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com. April 22nd, spring game. Uh, we, we don't know anything for certain. I know that Parker had reported last year that it was his understanding that the Kyler Murray uh, statue unveiling would be this season. We'll see if that continues to manifest itself. But uh, it doesn't appear as if they're they're just accepting, oh, we'll get back to 20, 25, 30, maybe 40,000. I mean, they've, they've sounded the alarm. They want to see this become a major event every single year because, right, still a big date in the recruiting calendar. Absolutely it is. And I'm trying to remember <laughs> with each year that passes by, like when that announcement is made, but it almost kind of seemed like it was a little earlier. I'd have to look at my, my past emails and see when they've announced the spring game in the past, but it seems like it was a little bit earlier to me. I was a little bit... Um, you know, it's something I thought about, obviously, because it's not that long away. But uh, <laughs> I was kind of surprised when the, the email hit my inbox yesterday that, oh, okay, we got the spring game uh, date out. Um, Oklahoma had the, the highest attended spring game last year. So uh, I would expect there's going to be something uh, involved in it that is going to entice fans to be a part of it uh, more than just the game itself, which, by the way, uh, Oklahoma fans, I'm probably not telling them anything that uh, they don't know at this point, but uh, there's plenty of reason to come out and check out this team with all the new pieces that are going to be around. Uh, I mean, Jackson Arnold is one of sure only a, a ton of guys, new guys that's going to be on campus, so there, there's plenty to come see in the game anyways, but um, yeah, they're they're doing it big. Um, but I think that's something else. Brett Venables is want to 
wanting to make the spring game a big part of his program and um, to kind of launch into the fall and the, the coming months after that. In the man, Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com. Appreciate your time, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, as always, for having me on. At Joey Helmer. 247 on Twitter as well. Okay, quick break. Hey, well, we got a little bit more business to do here at Cavens. Our buddy Chris Smith is going to swing by. We're going to talk about the roofing side of things. Plus, we owe you uh, maybe what's going to be an abbreviated top five stories of the day coming up, plus the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on The Ref. All right, listen, we got a lot of work to do. What's the, uh, what's the band to say? We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So let's make sure we take care of our peeps here at Cavens. Our buddy Chris Smith joins us, the roofing expert. Here at Cavins. Hey, it's good to be here. Good, good to be having here, you, man. Always. You ready for softball season? Oh, yeah, always. You should be. They're going to be really good. How, okay, so we had Kaylani Ricketts on earlier. She's going to join the OKC Spark. How are you feeling right now about the Spark? Are you familiar with them? Have you heard much about them? No. Okay, this is a good chance to sell them to you. New professional softball team coming to Oklahoma City. Sweet. They might need your invention. <laughs> well, we're making Christmas money all over <laughs> the place you. here. Uh, but, uh, in fact, there's ske- – I'm sorry, not schedule release, season tickets available on February 1st, so – might be worth your time. Uh, it will be. Uh, roofing season. We're pretty busy right now, aren't we? Right, right, right. Um, and here's – we've got uh, – spring will be here pretty quick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's getting ready to be here. So. Yeah, I mean, it feels like kind of like a spring day out there <laughs> it's, now. It's beautiful out there. Uh, and I was working with a couple uh, two days ago in, on impact-resistant shingles. I kind of want to talk about impact-resistant shingles and how much money they can actually save you and how much trouble they can save you. Um they're with uh, State Farm, okay, and State Farm uh, said on an average, like in Norman, you're going to save, if you get an uh, impact-resistant Class 4 shingle, it's going to save you about uh, 1000 an average house, 1000 to 2000 a year on your insurance, mm-hmm. and, that's, and then you time set by 30 years, I mean, uh, that's a pretty good deal, and, you know, what we do is we give a lot of like an impact resistant shingle mm-hmm. at our, our price. You know, I mean, really, if you look at it, all we have to do instead of a, 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 a architectural shingle, mm-hmm. I write impact resistant shingle. That's not a lot of work, right? right. <laughs> and so uh, the crews, whether it's an impact resistant shingle and an architecture, they're doing the same thing. So uh, I know people got to make a living, but there's a lot of people that charge thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for an upgrade for an impact resistant shingle that's not really helping your customer so um you know we just try to do the right things at shingle i mean at cabins and, and really help our customer because down the road they may need their we do everything so they you know they may need their carpet clean they may need a you know there's no telling they may be building a new big commercial building or something <laughs> so we're in always you know there to help and so i'm real proud of that and just letting people know uh you know the spring's coming up and if you haven't you know still haven't replaced your shingles from the you know two years ago uh look in to getting impact resistant shingles that's my tip of the day impact resistant shingles will save a person a lot of headache and a lot of money for a very, very long time. And and uh, the the greatest thing you can do is call Chris to learn more about those at 405 six uh, five three seven three zero four eight. Did I say that right? No, I didn't. Four oh five five seven three three zero four eight. Four oh five five seven three three zero four eight. Uh at the very least get out there and you can check and see, all right, 
you do, you don't, here's where you need some help. You can get on their roof and you take care of the customer. And then if there's something that needs to be done, Chris, from start to finish, you're there to help them. Right. And we show them exactly what, what they got going on up the roof so they don't have to get up there. Um, we get in their attic, see what's going on there. We just helped a guy in Blanchard. Uh, they had three different uh, roofing companies come over, couldn't figure where the leak was coming from. Uh, all they could figure it out, it was coming, it was coming into his bathroom so not the bathtub so oh, no. you know so we got out there and they're so so kind and so grateful you know that we found that and and, and got them fixed up and and uh so we know what we're doing uh we love to help people and uh Cavens is just really a good good company and uh a great choice shouts out to mom and dad right always love you mom love you dad family checking in gets all <laughs> exactly. my fans all right thanks chris. Uh, the i appreciate best. you thank you chris i, I know you're busy you. man that's our buddy chris smith from here at Cavens helping us out uh here at 11 40 on the ref my man Good job, Chris. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, all right, so Josh, you, you you want to get caught up on a couple of kind of quick, like Newcastle top five stories of the day type stories? Just I've, just a few things, real quick. N- nothing sure. official. Just a couple quick stories. We good? Yeah, we're good on that. Would you like a okay. Would you like an open? Well, let's at least hit the open. You're right. We need to take care of our great sponsors at Newcastle Casino with an abbreviated top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, um, so nothing official, but in our top five stories of the day, let's talk a little bit about last night, uh, Oklahoma, a very tough 72-56 loss to Oklahoma State in men's hoops. The Cowboys outscored Oklahoma State 3-2-1. The Cowboys outscored Oklahoma 13-2. In the final five minutes, I was looking at the splits by half. Uh, in the first half, Josh Grant Scherfeld, 15 points on five of seven shooting. Second half, uh, zero points, 0 for 6 yeah. from the floor. Oof. Um, Sooners didn't necessarily shoot the ball that poorly. Um but I, I I guess anything, you know, forty forty one percent. I mean, compared to what Oklahoma State did, I mean, the, it it would make you feel like the, the the Cowboys shot the lights out. But I mean, they only they only shot forty three percent from the floor in the second half. But here's where they got the Sooners. Um, they were, hey, Steel Man, they were six of ten from three point range in the second half. Sixty percent. That's wild. So, in other words, Josh Helmer, it's not one of those situations where. Well, I guess you can't say. I mean, Oklahoma State just flat out shut him down. That's all. <laughs> Oklahoma State just flat. Out. They made every shot in the second half from beyond the three point line. They shot almost fifty five percent from the floor in the second half. Big time, big time difference maker for Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State in that second half was Bryce Thompson, who had 19 points. And then the inability of get to get anything from Sherfield was definitely a problem. Yeah, give Oklahoma State credit. Obviously, they, they found a way to shut down Oklahoma's big star in the second half, uh, keeping him scoreless the way that they did. And unfortunately for the Sooners, not enough help outside of Sherfield in that second half. And you already illustrated the the, you know, Terrific shooting for Oklahoma State, and really in that the not-so-great defense for Oklahoma on the three-point line in the second half, and that really kind of is the story of the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Absolutely. On the women's side, holy smokes, man. I um, I don't know how else to put it, but that's just that's domination that you saw from the OU women last night. They jumped out early, never looked back, and after Texas lost to Texas Tech in women's hoops, Ginny Baranchek's team is in first place all by themselves in the Big 12 right now. Uh, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are some of you that will find anything to complain about. I cannot. Uh, I'm sure Ginny Baranchek would have liked to see her second team play a little bit better, but I don't care. They were in a position where they were out um, – they were outclassing everything that TCU put out there, uh, and it was impressive, impressive to see. So, big doubleheader coming up Saturday with Oklahoma taking on Baylor on the men's side of things at 3, and then at 6 o'clock, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Josh, do we need to have Spencer Sanders' conversation more in depth than what we've already talked about uh, on his way to Ole Miss? And this is very – it's kind of weird, right, because it's a situation where for Ole Miss, they've got a pretty stacked quarterback room already – and Spencer Sanders leaves a spot where he was pretty much set where he could be be the starter. Well, and at Auburn, I think he's pretty well set to be the starter too, is he not? So it's very true. So even in the transfer portal, the destination options that he had, I mean, there's probably a, a number of other Power Five spots we could drum up where he would have been the the guaranteed starter. Is he that? At Ole Miss with Jackson Dart returning, I know they've got the hot shot signee coming in too, uh, blue chip signee. Just with Dart though alone, I mean, I guess probably it's his job. Uh, I'd you'd be surprised, right, for somebody to transfer somewhere and not not be the starting quarterback when they've been a starting quarterback for four seasons already. But it doesn't necessarily guarantee that, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and then, for us, you know, there hasn't been a ton of Thunder talk today on the program. But as we've said many times, they're starting to demand our attention. And they did it again last night in pretty, pretty dominating fashion. Josh Powers over the big man. Bounce feeds. No look variety to shade down the lane. Dashing for the big two-hand dunk. I mean, what's that, 7 of 10 now for OKC? They're looking good, Josh. This is a fun team to get on board with. How lucky is this market in terms of just the broadcasting talent that uh, that is a part of this market? I mean, Pinto really does a great job. I know that maybe he's a little extra for some out there, but I like just that. I mean, dashing down the lane, he just uh, he's a wordsmith. Yeah, he does a great job. He really does. And now with this team going forward, I know I know True always gets mad because people get mad at him when he brings up the Thunder, um, and when we do. <laughs> He, he he kind of, oh, oh, now it's okay. Now it's okay to talk about the Thunder. But for for OKC, I mean, you, please, please tell me, Josh, that you don't see them going team tank over the next few weeks. I mean, how many more draft picks do you need, right? How much more do you need? You're not um, – they won 126-106 last night. They're looking like a team that's going to be in contention for the, for the playoffs, right? I mean, you, this is – this is now a situation to where I think, all right, let's go. It's no need for anyone to come up with plantar fasciitis or some sort of lower back strain. I think it's I think it's time to roll. And I listen, they're not going to go win the title this year, but they're playing really good basketball. And and I think fans are appreciating it after what they went through the last few seasons. There's only so long as a fan you can 
continue to beat your head into the wall of mediocrity, of losing, of tanking season. So, yes, the fans deserve Oklahoma City to try to to make a run at the thing. Now, if agreed, if in the process of getting to that point, Oklahoma City doesn't reach the playoffs, or they're legitimately is an injury another injury because you know keep in mind this all started this season with Chet Holmgren being uh sidelined right. for the whole year if that happens then probably it's not the worst thing Plank if you get one more run at the lottery here and who knows some lottery balls fall your way and you wind up with another star out of the draft but probably Oklahoma City as an organization I agree with you should not actively look to tank I uh and then you know I I don't know if you've noticed this as we shift real quick before we grab our final timeout. The Indianapolis Colts have interviewed pretty much everybody that's a NFL coach right now. Have you noticed that? If you're an assistant coach in the National Football League, the Indianapolis Colts have interviewed you for their head coaching vacancy. Now, I got this text last night from my man Quinn, and i got to be honest with you, Josh. If this is a report from Dan Dockage, and I like Dan. Dan and I work together. Dan Dockage, not the biggest Oklahoma fan, and always finds a way to take a cheap shot at Kelvin Sampson. So I have a problem with that. But Dan Dockage had a report about Jim Irsay whenever he tried to hire Josh McDaniels. Is this old wives' tale, or are you buying this story? You ready? Okay. Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels' wife made him pull the plug on the Colts' job offer after having owner Jim Ursay in their home in Massachusetts and observing his odd behavior, behavior that included being in the McDaniels family bathroom for a very long and awkward period of time. Huh. <laughs> uh, it's almost so unusual that I don't know how I can disagree with it being factual. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know that anybody would publish that unless – there's some truth to it, right? It's like so zany. It has to be true. I I got to tell you, I thought that was weird. Rick Neuheisel told me one of the weirdest recruiting – kind of like with the coach, right, and being in someone's home. Uh-huh. And this kind of buys into it, right? Here's an owner recruiting a coach. Wife notices something weird. It's like, what in the world is going on here? And the next thing you know, they're pulling out of the offer. Right. Wife says, we're not going to go this, be a right? part of that long term. Rick Neuheisel said whenever he was a young and up-and-coming coach, and I don't remember, I don't want to say a coach's name because I don't want to misrepresent anyone, but he said when he would go on recruiting visits with his coach, the coach would leave the conversation and go in the family's bathroom and take a shower. He would literally take a shower in their bathroom while they were on a recruiting visit. Now, wait, I, I literally at the, had at the, so re- many... at the recruits house. Right, right. So he would go on these recruiting visits and basically be like, hey, you got any extra towels? I'm just going to jump in the shower real quick. <laughs> what? what? And I was like, does that make any sense to you at all? Like, no. why would you do that? That sounds like I don't know how you could possibly win that recruitment. I, I guess the demented maniacal theory here is like, this automatically makes you a part of the family, right? Like, if I can shower in your home, clearly we're, we're on some sort of a level. But I, I don't know. To me, that's like, I got to get this person out of my house. How dare you have the audacity? 
Like, how could you possibly step into right? my home and think that you're going to shower here? I know. I know. So I wonder, did did Jim Ursay come from that tree? And he's like, I'm going to check your bathroom out real quick, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> and he goes in there to freshen up. Or was there something really, really bad going on <laughs> that led to it? I'm I'm trying to imagine being on a recruiting trip, and uh, and my first thought is, you know, you kind of maybe give a little, give a little sniff test. You're like, I need to freshen up real quick. You guys mind if I use a shower? Uh, all right, listen, we got to put a wrap on this show. Thank you, Quinn, for bringing that to my attention. I laughed for probably an hour about that last night. And then I was mad that his wife made him not take the job so he could go and ruin the Raiders. Uh, quick break. We're back to wrap it up with the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line to get you ready for Steel Man and Thune at noon right here on The Ref. Um, <laughs> a lot of Harry Dunn tweets rolling into the Air Comfort Solutions text line after the Jim Ursay story. I, I have a question for you, Josh, before we wrap up. Today, Spencer Sanders announced he's going to Ole Miss. Someone, someone hit us up on the text line. There's an important factor we're missing here with Spencer Sanders. Maybe no one wanted him. And we've, we, we've seen that quite a bit. Guy Spencer had an offer from Auburn, too. And early on, he had an offer from Notre Dame. There were a lot of teams that wanted to bring in Spencer Sanders. And I get it. He's an Oklahoma State quarterback who did not have a ton of success against Oklahoma. Uh, in fact, the Sooners probably bullied him into his two worst performances as a quarterback at OSU. But, yeah, he won that one time. Um, but he was a wanted guy in the portal. I don't – that doesn't degrade anything for OU, but that's just the reality. He was a dude that teams wanted to bring in, Josh. Well, and experienced quarterback, that shouldn't shock you. Right. Right. Gosh, we're already done. We're done. All right, Steel Man is getting set up. He's next. For Josh on Plank, this is the ref. OU – Hoops talk and a little thunder next with Steel Man and Thune at noon right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.